housing discrimination is illegal in Tennessee. Buying or renting a home can be exciting and stressful, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. And the last thing you need is to be steered away from your choice because of your race, color, national origin, sex, religion, creed, disability, or familial status. If you think you've been discriminated against, call the Tennessee Human Rights Commission at 1-800-251-3589. 1-800-251-3589. Or go to tn.gov slash human rights to learn more. What's happening? Third hour of the program. J. Martin Ramon on a Monday morning. Feeling good. Hope you are. J. Martin Ramon Shafe. Rush Shafe. We're getting close, man. So close. Are you nervous yet? I'm nervous about building this crib. <laughs> One thing your boy ain't is a handyman. You ain't Bob Vila. I'm not Tim here. the Two Man Taylor. Tim the Two Man and Bob Vila. Oh, man. I used to watch Bob Vila, man. Everybody watched this old house. There it is, man. It was on, at least. Yeah, yeah, facts. We got two basketball games tonight, two tomorrow. You'll hear them all right here on 104.5 The Zone. Yeah, yeah. We are to the Elite Eight on a Monday and Tuesday. This whole tournament is weird. And, man, can I said this yesterday. I keep saying this. College basketball is just ruined. I need to get Slay on just to be like, Slay, you need to f- go get your boys. Like, fix your game. <laughs> Steph has broken college basketball because it is a chuck fest. Yeah. And these teams are going, like, three for 19 from three. There was one where it was, like, a combined five for 40 from three. And it's just like, what am I watching? That's not all Steph. That's also the analytics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand the value of the three-point shot, but I've actually become old man. Man, my my coaches in high school, of course. Get rid of the three line. They would have lost their mind had a kid pulled up for a three on a fast break. Now, that's the norm. Yeah, with nobody underneath to rebound. (laughs) Did you see Creighton? Creighton's strategy was not to rebound wow. and to get to the other side to make sure that Gonzaga couldn't run the floor on them. So they weren't crashing the boards at all. Man. Like, their offensive rebounding in the first half, I was like, are they intentionally? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. You find out that that's exactly what they were doing. They were not going to the glass at all. It was one shot, better make it, or it's going the other way. So I, I was watching the, uh, some of the Division Two championship mm-hmm. game this past weekend. West Texas versus, uh, I forget who it was, but West Texas. Their head coach has everybody on the roster listed as a guard. His philosophy is he's going to treat everybody and train everybody the same. They got a 6'11 guard they got as a uh, guard forward, I think, on their roster. Mm-hmm. 6'11. Mm-hmm. That's because everybody these, this day and age is a shooter to him. And I don't know if it's a recruiting strategy or what. They were in the championship game. I think they end up losing. But just to the fact that, look, the three ball, you better learn how to shoot it. I mean, it's, all, it's literally all that matters. That's it. Like, you need good guard play, but you need guys to make threes. Yeah. That's how you win. Yep. That's how these teams are all winning. Yep. What does Baylor do well? Well, they're a great defensive team, but they shoot like 40% from three. That's wild. What does Gonzaga do? Shoot the lights out of the ball. What's his name? Kispert? Kispert is basically a better Kyle Korver. Wow. Yeah. They're actually saying offensively, he's compared to Clay Thompson. Defensively, he's not. I mean, Clay's an all-world defender in the NBA. So that's why you don't really want to make that comparison. Mm-hmm. But offensively, in terms of the way he releases his shot and how fast Kyle it gets Hall. out of his hands, that's who he is. Hall, man, the three ball. I would have never, man. And you're saying every position, one through five these days. Come out outside the perimeter and shoot the three ball, man. 
I just and, I feel like it's it's ruined hoops for me. I, I, I thought honestly, like, all right, Joel Embiid, he's just a god as you know, just okay, he's big skill. No, that's just a norm now. The Lopez brothers doing the exact same thing. Boogie's doing the exact same thing. I know Draymond's a but a Ford, but Draymond, still, Draymond always looks like he's shooting three pointers <laughs> with a backpack on. A long free throw to him. She's <laughs> like got a backpack on. And once you see it once in your head, you'll never unsee it. I saw no. that tweet years ago, and it changed how I felt. We also just we started talking about. As I mentioned, Lily from AT&T, and I agree with you. They're trying to protect her. Yeah. They are. Oh, yeah. Um, and she's talented. And she's a good comedic actress, and you've seen her in, you know, Chuck and stuff through the years. But, like, the ads are annoying, so annoying. And it's not necessarily her. It's just the writing That's is great. brutal. But then I asked a question that was obvious, which is more annoying, Lily from AT&T or Flo from Progressive. And before I even finished saying progressive, it was flow, flow, flow. and now it's turned into just characters. Cause you mentioned the Bud Light deal and we all kind of mocked what's up. Now we've got the Taco Bell dog in our, in our feed. Yo quiero. Yo quiero. Got the Chihuahua, Yo quiero Taco Bell. <laughs> the reason I, I enjoyed those commercials simply because in school, anybody could just bust out anywhere. This is like middle school, high school for me. Of course, never grow up people, but somebody would just yell out, but, than the wise, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just out of nowhere. Okay, the frogs, the frogs. Oh my gosh, what's up? I mean, the stuff I liked was the Bud Bowl stuff back when I was a kid when yeah. it was Bud versus Bud Light as football teams. Oh. You have like refrigerator Perry on the sidelines with like six Bud Lights in it what? to represent him and stuff like that. To me, was clever stuff. Is there an athlete out there openly endorsing alcohol these days, though? I don't think so, unless you're, t- I mean, no, because it's like. The closest you get is like P. Diddy's Ciroc. Ciroc. Yeah. Well, you got Modelo where you have I guess that's Amanda right. Nunez yeah. and other right. Hispanic. Uh, yeah. Um, that's right. Okay. No, I don't think there's American professional sports athletes that are like in Bud and Miller Lite commercials anymore. Nah, I don't see that these days. I don't, I don't think that happens. Let's go to Renee. She's on line one, wants to join us. Renee, go ahead. Good morning. Morning. Hey. Okay. The worst commercial. Are the Liberty commercials, Doug and Emu? Oh, they're terrible. Yes. They're awful. And you realize they paid somebody to come up with those commercials. Yep. Yep. All uh, right. So I'm with her. Tell me what we're talking about here. The Emu. Uh, the Lemu the, the, Emu. Lemu like Emu. An emu. Yeah. It's you. Lemu, you've seen emu. it. The yellow. Yeah. Lemu. Oh, and Doug. That one. And Doug. Where he's playing vo- beach volleyball. You with know. Him. You know what. You know oh what I hear gosh. in my nightmares. USAA. Oh. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with those. I'm not saying anything wrong, but it, they're just those and those Buick ads. That is so you. Lemu emu. Oh, it's uh, it's been brought up on Twitter. Remember Mayhem from those? Yeah, those? Mayhem. Mayhem that guy, that guy's funny. Yeah, yeah. that guy was on Oz, man. He was on Oz. Yeah, that. that guy was on. Yeah, Oz. I mean, he's done his share of acting. He was the vulture in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Also, man, Lemu Emu though, it is aggravating because this guy is talking to this emu, and it's just like, who thought to put this bird in this commercial? Is it a real bird? Is it just computer uh, CGI? Also, like, what are we doing with this thing? I, that one bothers me. I'm gonna be real. With Michael Berger says I'm pro Lily from AT and T. One hundred percent. See, there we go. Henry Morgan has uh, created a seasonal lies shirt with the logo on something that looks like a Budweiser label. <laughs> See, I told you they're coming to me. I told you marketing ideas. We'll put it in a maybe pile. 
Yeah. We'll put it in a maybe pile. Yeah, we're getting a lot of the mayhem guy being sent to us. Little Penny, Mars Blackman has been sent to us as well. Penny you, Lane says, I still have the collector stuffed animal of the Taco Bell dog when they gave him out with kids meals. Remember, <laughs> you don't get Little Penny if you don't have Mars Blackman. Oh, absolutely. That's uh, right. Because it was, I mean, those were the same, it was the same ad campaign. Yep. Chris Rock. And, um, uh, Little Spike Penny. Lee. Yeah, yeah, Little Penny. Uh, but shout out to Memphis. They won the NIT this past year. Yeah, they weekend. did. And Penny said, just the just beginning. Again, as the '66 best team, let me stop. Slow your roll, man. Stop. That was that was cold blooded. I know because I'm just a make Tennessee sure you guy. make sure you're keeping it all above Bordeaux out there at Memphis. <laughs> That's what we're doing. No, we're not doing it. I'm just saying, like, make sure you're above board. That's what we. You said the same thing. About Memphis. UT. Memphis can be a great place to be. Yeah, tens. A lot of times when they've been good, there've been issues. So you want to just make sure those aren't the case. That isn't the case. Going, I'm not. Nope. Guys nope. <laughs> I do know there are McDonald's franchises available in Memphis. So. <laughs> I was just about oh, to no, go no, to the no. joke. And you beat me. That ain't it. We talking about FedEx, baby. <laughs> FedEx that's containers. A whole, that's a different kind. That's hey, a whole building devoted to them. 16,000 seats. Them dudes riding around in caddies and got busted because of them dudes just, man, allegedly. Allegedly. Shout out to Memphis, though. I've got... Partners of mine, man, that go to UT, love UT football and basketball, but as soon as Tennessee basketball plays Memphis, whoo, yeah. you want to talk about rooting for Memphis? Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't want to hear nothing about Tennessee basketball, like ha- UT. Hashtag Petty is not just a slogan or message on this show. It is a lifestyle. Real hating is an art form, man. You know what I'm talking you, about? You, you know you know what's, what's wild, and I, I know we got guests coming up, and yeah. this topic is just going to run. But I had no idea. Okay, that Walt Frazier was a no. I knew Walt player. Frazier thing. Okay, but the the rift between Nashville and Memphis. Yeah, it's pretty strong. Like subtle, but just like the high schoolers don't really care for each ooh. other at all. <laughs> that Memphis Nashville is one of, the, and I never really paid attention to it. But it's always like if you say something, well, that's a Nashville dude. Uh, you got to watch the Memphis dudes. Like, that's a strong topic, man. Jordan Sims tweets, a middle school kid was so amused by the Budweiser Frogs that he one day grew up to be senior class president and gave an inspiring speech at graduation, dream big kids. That's what I'm saying. Petty <laughs> is a lifestyle right there. Jamie and White House is next on the show. Jamie, what's <laughs> going on, bro? are clenched right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not much, man. Hey, guys, you know, Flo's been on a lot of uh, TV shows. Yes. Like, everybody loves Raymond, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, She's been in a few movies as well. I was just looking up her filmography. I, I was surprised she was in that much stuff. But I remember someone saying somewhere she was she dated that Isaiah Mustafa, the the man the man horse dude from uh, Old Spice ads. From Old Spice ads, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. And then also, um, you know, Mars Blackman is probably my favorite character because I grew up. You know, the Jordan Three commercials were just so huge. But the simple fact that five years later, when I finally watch Spike Lee's do the right thing and mm-hmm. I realized, oh my, Mars Blackman came from this movie. Yeah. And this movie is probably one of the most prolific, you know, um uh, making ma- making what ha- was happening in New York City about race, yeah. not just black and white, just about any, you know, uh all the races that they have, that that collective melting pot they have in New York City. I yeah. thought that was a great movie that Spike made. Um but on another note I really wish Budweiser would bring back the Bud Bulger. I've, I've waited for years. Like, mm-hmm. okay, are they going to bring it back? Right with retro being so big, like, is this the year that they forgo the Clydesdales 
and they bring back the Bud Bowl. Uh, mm. I loved it. Yeah, Bud Bowl was pretty good, man. I'm telling you, Moan, you That's missed out horses. on that. Michael Burger just blew my mind. Lemu Emu is named by taking the first two letters of Liberty Mutual. So Lemu is Liberty Mutual. Ah, Lemu Emu. Okay. So you paid an ad can't you paid an ad firm to come up with that? I know. But I will say this: Would you know what Liberty Mutual was if you didn't hate those commercials? That's that's the whole stick right there, ain't it? Exactly. By right. the way, Flo's real name is Stephanie Courtney. That's two first names. What's her last name? St- Courtney. No, it isn't. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. We got Dave McGinnis coming up next. His first name's Dave. His last name is Mac. First name Coach. Last name Mac. First name Sham. Last name Payne. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. We'll be right back with Coach Mac here on one zero four five The Zone. Welcome back, Jay Martin and Moan, powered by all four seasons garage doors right here in Nashville. Jason Martin and Moan Foster, Jonathan Schaefer. Ramon played 11 years in the NFL. I watched 11 years of the NFL. Jonathan Schaefer was a strength and conditioning coach at the University of Minnesota, Wabash. Minnesota State, get it right. Sorry. You and Dalbert. Get it right. We bring in our good friend, Coach Mack who I think needs a break. His eyes need a break at least. He's brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans. You can plan on not needing a plan B because we provide health coverage you can depend on. Farm Bureau Health Plans, plan on us. Coach, how are you this morning? I'm great, J-Mart. How was going, Ramon? I'm glad Shafe is back. He's he's very healthy. When I get that head coaching job at Bemidji State, I'm taking Shafe with me as a strength and conditioning coach. It's going to be a beastly, beastly team right there. Nobody conditions quite like Jonathan Schaefer does. Okay. <laughs> so tell me about Mac Jones because all of a sudden we've gone from somewhere in the first round to middle of the first round to we're actually going to make we're going to make moves and give up the same thing basically that the Rams gave up to get Matthew Stafford in order to draft him at 3 if we're Kyle Shanahan at number 3. So I know you're watching a lot of tape. Is Mac Jones worth the third pick in the draft? It really doesn't matter what I, I think about him <laughs> since they made the move. And so here's the deal. When you make the move, I've made – look, I've been involved on the inside of this business for 31 years doing those types of things. And when you make that kind of move as an organization, J-Mark, in all honesty, everybody is on board with it and everybody's surmising. I mean, you don't jump up that high for anything but a quarterback. Mm. And let me just say this for all our listeners. There are two drafts every year. There's the positional draft, and then there's the quarterback draft, okay? And they are two distinct and separate drafts. They really are. But when you make that kind of move, you could care less what anybody else thinks about it. You've got somebody designated that everybody in your organization has bought into, and so clearly they've got somebody in mind. If it is Mac Jones, whatever Kyle uh, you know, and, and John Lynch have seen in him, that's what they want. And so – we can all talk about whether that's a good move or not. And believe me, they are, I mean, close your eyes, tell me what you see. That's how much they care about it. Now, I mean, when you put it out there, uh, you know, what they are doing and the things that I hear, you know, when I, when I, when I talk to people and again, look, I I've been in it long enough. I don't question what people do because Mm -hmm. that's what they do because then every, every Sunday, Monday or Thursday, all you're trying to do, um, you wish them the worst luck in the world mm-hmm. on that day that you play them. The, the Titans play the 49ers this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I hope whatever decision they make on that day turns out to be not a good one for them. But they don't really care what anybody else thinks. They've got somebody 
uh, pinpointed. If it is Mac Jones, what they are going with is a guy that they feel like is it, can learn behind. I mean, it reminds me a little bit. Now, again, it's not the same scenario, but you remember when Andy Reid, you know, went out and, and, and got Mahomes. He had a first-rounder there, Alex Smith, and had won, you know, some games for him, you know, even more than Garoppolo has won for the 49ers before he got injured. So I think if they're not going to move Garoppolo, if they're going after Mac Jones, they will sit him behind Garoppolo for a year and then let Garoppolo move on. They're paying him $24.5 million this year, and then they've got a, a, a rookie quarterback on, on a four-year deal. So whoever that is – that's what they've decided. Coach Mack, one of the issues that I think the AFC or is it West is, I mean, NFC West is going to run into is legitimately they have probably one of the best, if not the best division in football right now. Can you speak on just what it means when you have a really good division of competitive teams when it comes down to, hey, positioning for playoffs, or honestly, beating each other down as far as, again, jockeying for the position to win the division and get a playoff berth too because there's more that goes into it when he's, you see these teams in the same division stack themselves. We've seen Arizona do it. Uh, the Rams have done it. And now um, San Francisco's kind of positioned away. And, I mean, of course, with what Seattle's already done thus far with having Russell just behind center is something that's got to be explained. Well, you know what, Ramon, and I'm glad you asked me that because I can speak to that, you know, on, in very much detail because I coached in the NFC West. All right. You know, and I, when I when yeah. we took the job at the Rams, when I went with Jeff Fisher to St. Louis, they'd been 15 and 65 for the previous five years. Worst five year record in the history of the National Football League. Wow. Look it up. So what we started doing is looking at that division. And at the time we built that defense with Aaron Donald, with Aaron Brockers, uh, with the with the group that we put together there uh, with with Jack Rabbit. You know, mm-hmm. with, we put the, we put that group together with one thing in mind. We had to beat Seattle twice. Uh. That's how we put it together. And, and what, we, what we knew was if we could get good enough defensively and then bring the offense along, because when he, we took that job, we had a quarterback in Sam Bradford, you know, who was a good quarterback until his knees gave out. But we, you know, and felt like if you could complement it, once we drafted Gurley with a good run game, play great defense, but you had to beat Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. That's what you had to do. So that's what you have to, you know, you, you put together a team to beat the people in your division. Because at the end of it, you've got to win your division if you want any chance at all to get a meaningful chance in the tournament. So I can see, you know, what, what they are all doing. What they are doing now, and it looks like to me, of course, everybody, uh, the Rams probably had, had statistically the best defense last year in the National Football League, and most of it is around Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still the linchpin of what's going on there. So, you know, what, what Shanahan and, and, and John Lynch are trying to do, they're trying to get back over the top of it. They had a down year last year because they had everybody injured. They had some guys opt out. And so, uh, yes, I mean, you know this, uh, Ramon, when, when you were playing, those division games are different. They're yeah. completely different. And you're trying to beat the, your opponent's brains yeah, out you are. in the division because, and especially when you go to play them at their place, because you win at their place, then it's like two games because you get them at yours and you've got a distinct advantage, especially I would think going into the future where the home crowd is going to make a difference, hopefully uh, moving forward. Coach, what um, value is there in pro days? And what is it that the, that sometimes gets overvalued watching this? I mean, everybody was just losing their minds about Zach Wilson 
on Friday, and we're going to see Mac, and we're going to see Justin Fields tomorrow, and increasingly right. these quarterbacks are setting this up. What can you learn from it, and what sometimes can be kind of a smokescreen where you might overvalue something? Jay Martin, it's a good question because it's a different pro days this year because in the past, pro days have been an addendum to the combine. In other words, if somebody didn't do everything mm-hmm. at the combine, if they were not able to do everything at the combine, yeah. you were able to get all the medicals put together. You were able to get all of your interviews put together. Then it was just a, an add-on. This year, it's the only th- time in person you're going to be able to see them. And so that's a, that's a deal. Now, what is happening is I will tell you this from my perspective and from talking to people around the league, you know, that, I mean, I've got a few contacts around this. Just league. a few coach. couple. Yeah. A few. yeah. Just a and, few. And so, and so in talking in talking, the one thing that everybody is going to look sideways at and cast a little bit of a different eye, unless it's your people with their thumbs on the watch or their fingers on the watch, you never time with your thumb time with your forefinger, but with, with, with their finger on the watch is you're going to cast a sideways glance at these 40 times. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, that, that, that come out of there. That was the one thing about the, the combine, whether you believe in the 40 time or, or not, at least it was consistent with what's going on, you know, and it's electronically timed. But anyway, you can get a, this year. It's important just because you can physically get your eyeballs on guys mm-hmm. and you, you're able to talk to them, you know, in, in, in person. So that's a big deal. Now they're they're limiting the amount of numbers of people that you can bring. Each club can bring three people to 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 every workout. You know the different protocols by states are there as to what you have to have to be able to enter and come in. But this year it's important just because you ha- you did not have a combine. I mean it's it's and plus you did not have your scouts on the road in those you know at those universities during the season whether it was a truncated season or not you'd had very few road scouts on the road just because of what the the covid protocols were so this year j mart it's different it is it really is different but at the same time you've got to understand and you've got to have enough experience to be able to disseminate information from them as far as to how you're going to as how you're going to use it but to get your eyeballs on somebody and to see them in person i like that coach you know, like I know, there's a lot of tricks and trades that go into this scouting, the combine pro day type of lifestyle that coaches and organization lives. I've, I've heard in the past that, you know, sometimes a team will just interview anybody they know they're going to play against. That's just part of it. You got to figure out as much as you can before you actually see them coming into the league. Now, with Shanahan and um, the, the, the uh, 49ers, they presume going to Alabama to check out Mac Jones. The question I have for you is this. If you're sending your head coach and GM to uh, a pro day, does that necessarily mean that they're going to pick this guy, or is this just a diversion to let people think they're going to pick this guy? Well, I would I would say this: if it, you were going to a place like North Dakota State and they went up there, mm-hmm. then I would say yes. You go to a place like Alabama, there's a few other players. There. Okay. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I mean that to me, I mean I'm I'm answering very honestly with that. Because you know that there's there's a there's a there's a big difference as as far as as places where you go. And again, think about it this way: as uh, they are using you know their head coach and their general manager to go to one place when it's the number of people that you're allowed is is as I said it's it's three right. per team. And so you know they're clearly interested in somebody at Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. Now they've got a lot of somebodies down there, so. <laughs> 
when it when it comes down to um, as I said, you guys in the interview process of just bringing in talent, is there much you learn from the guys that you kind of carry over onto Sundays, Sunday, Mondays, and Thursdays during the season? Like, are you interviewing a defensive end that hey, this information that he's going to give us in his interview is going to be crucial for us to play against this guy? Does that happen actually? Yeah, well, you know what, and and, and that that question is pretty relevant, and the thing about it is. I think the, the main thing that you that, that you take from that is whether a guy is – you can tell whether they get it or not. Okay. You know, pretty – sometimes, sometimes, not all the time. But, I, I, you know, as far as how they're going to play in the league, that is, as you well know, Ramon, and you're yeah. a great one to talk to this. I mean, guys change, you know, as far as when if they really want to develop in this league. Guys can develop and change a lot when they come in this league. And – uh, you know, a true disclaimer is you've got to change a lot of things when you come mm-hmm. to the National Football League. Yeah. You know, you've got to change your approach. You've got to change your mental look at it. And you've got to change the outlook if you're going to last for a long time in this league. So uh, it, it's not really, I, I don't think just from a first glance and, and the time that you're able to spend, let's go back to the combine. You got 15 minutes there. I don't think you're going to be able to glean something that's going to be able to get in depth on a person uh throughout whatever his makeup's going to be through his career. Mm-hmm. Coach, wide receiver, cornerback, still kind of where we're looking potentially in the draft. I think the question I have is, how long can you wait and still get quality at those positions? As you're watching film, like, are there fifth-round wide receivers that could actually really contribute? I know it's a deep, it's deep, but how deep is it as at the two spots where it looks like the Titans are, are going to be really advantageous to look? Well, you know, J-Mart, and, and here's, here's, my, here's my answer to that. There are enough players because there are a lot of wide receivers playing in the collegiate game right now just because there, you know, there yeah. are so many altered personnel now. There's a lot, and can they contribute? Yes. Now, what is, what is the depth and the gravity of their commitment? Now you're talking about you know, what the traits are. But when I start looking at this, and, and, and as I say, now what you look at, you also look at are they outside guys clearly? Are they Z receivers clearly? Are they X receivers clearly? Are they slot receivers? But look, a slot receiver is not just a little gidget gadget guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Some of these slot receivers are big dudes now, you know? And so you ask me the question, is the depth there? Absolutely it is. Now, clearly, if you go from the top 15 and then you go to the fifth round where, you know, are you're into the 150s and 160s, it's going to be different. The more traits that you have that add up, the higher you're going to be rated in the draft, but you still have traits regardless of where you're taken. Anybody that is drafted in the national football league has a trait that somebody deems that they can work with. And so my answer to that question is yes. So who are some of those guys a little bit deeper then who are some of the receivers, I guess, receivers and corners, both that aren't, aren't the JC horns or the Rondell Moore's that we already know about, but some of these other guys that could be diamonds in the rough later on. Well, I mean, diamonds in the rough is 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 a relative term anymore, okay, mm-hmm. for this reason. Everybody knows who everybody is, all right? Now, if you want to talk about just, you know, ability-wise, and when you, and when you, and when you start to look at them, uh, as I, I've already told you, I, I, think, I think Jamar Chase is the best receiver out there. But a kid at LSU that I really like is, uh, you know, is Terrence Marshall. I mean, I really like it. Seth Williams at Auburn is, is, is another guy. Uh, Tamaron Terry from Florida State, 6'4", 212, 
All right. Does he have all the does he have all the 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 real quick uh, moves that you want on off the routes? No, but he's a big combat target. Uh, how about Diami Brown from North Carolina, six foot, 185 pounds. I'm just going through my list here. Yeah. Tyson Wallace from Oklahoma State, six foot one ninety. Trevon Grimes from Florida. You know, you know everybody. Everybody talks about you know uh, uh, Tony at, at Florida. Well, this guy's six four, six oh four oh two hundred fifteen pounds. Sage Sherratt from Wake Forest. Anthony Schwartz from Auburn. Uh, Osiris Mitchell from Mississippi State. Here's a six four, two hundred ten pound receiver. I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, Nico Collins at Michigan, six four, two fifteen. There's guys. Yeah. When it when it comes down to the guys that the Titans have signed recently, Josh Reynolds, you okay. mentioned, you know, having a big athlete in the slot. Is that a position we'll have him in? And just the acknowledgement from him that, look, uh, he know he's replacing Corey Davis, okay? He know he's not the number one, but what type of splash, what type of role do you expect Josh Reynolds to be in? Because I, I like this signing. It's just a matter of, okay, all right, what is he going to do to help himself out also? Let me let me say this, uh, Ramon. Here's 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 how you go into into free agency in the National Football League. You 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 put on your board when you look at your squad and when mm-hmm. you're reorganizing after a season. You, you you got three categories. You got must, you got need, and then you have want. Okay, the must for the Titans this year going into it, they had to do something about the defensive front. Correct. Yep. I mean that's what had to happen. Okay, the need was because they had to let two starting receivers go to be able to get enough money to go to work again because of the truncated salary cap, the need was getting a veteran receiver. Now, they're not through with the receiver room, so they go get Josh Reynolds. That was a need. Now you've got a veteran, productive receiver that played about 70% of his snaps you know, at the Rams on the outside, about 30% on the inside, but he can do both. I mean, you've got a long, big, long receiver, had 52 receptions, 618 yards. So you've got a productive professional that you brought in. Now, where does he fit in? I think I, they're not through assembling that group at receiver yet. All right. Mm-hmm. But at least what you've done now, you filled one of those need spots that now you can start to to organize and build around that. We just just like the question that Jmart asked. Now you start looking at, at, at some of these people in the draft and you start figuring who's going to be the best complement to what we've got going on there. But what you needed was you needed another veteran receiver presence because you you lost two of them. That's what he brings. Mm-hmm. Coach, we appreciate it, brother. 100%. It's always, a, always an absolute pleasure to chat with you. We look forward to it every single week. Guys, this goes awful fast. Yeah, it did. It does. I mean, seriously, we look up to 840. It's done. You got to get back in the studio, man. We got to spend some real time with you. Eventually, COVID's going to allow for that, I promise. Well, I'd get back in there as soon as Shea sheds all of that Memphis mocus he's got. I'll be back in there. <laughs> well, right now, we just have a cardboard variation of you that we put in a seat in front of a microphone when, he, when we talk to you. Appreciate you, Coach. Thanks, I'll see so, you, guys. That is Peace. Coach Dave McGinnis. The health plan for Farm Bureau Health Plans is for folks who are busy planning other things because we provide coverage you can count on. Farm Bureau Health Plans plan on us. When we come back, we'll react to some of that, including what he had to say about the wide receiver room and the corners. I think what you do with Josh Reynolds is you create the ability to go get your corner in the first round and then go get a wide receiver in the second round. I think that might be what you do is you flip what you would have done otherwise. Be right back. J. Martin Ramon, 104.5 The Zone. Our thanks to Coach Mack. Thanks to all of you as well. It's Ratchet on Twitter. We appreciate that. At J. Martin Ramon is where you can find us there. We were supposed to be a champion's run today again. That got moved to April the 9th, the 104.5 The Zone Spring Golf Classic due to all the weather. 
this weekend, Champions Run took on its share like everybody else did. Hopefully, it didn't catch you. It caught the gazebo in our neighborhood. <laughs> and the two bridges down there, if we had lower down, we might have had trouble. We were high enough up that didn't deal with that much. It did keep me from being able to make it into work yesterday for the Fox show. But hopefully, it didn't catch uh, too much there. So you heard what Coach Max said. In short... He said that there are going to be receivers available. I saw a piece at Broadway or a yeah. breakdown at Broadway, I think, um, basically saying, well, here's a receiver you could take in every round. And that, wow. to me, is interesting. Like, let me see a cornerback in every round. Let me see a wide receiver in every round. You might even take more than one wide receiver mm-hmm. if you're the Titans in this draft. Um, Josh Reynolds comes in, and my take on it is, is he a replacement for Corey or is he a replacement for Adam Humphreys? Because I think he's more a two slash three than a pure two. Doesn't mean he couldn't develop into that. Like he was great at Texas A&M, but he wasn't Mike Evans. He was a different kind of receiver. He's more of a possession guy, but he can work in the slot. If he's sure-handed and can get past the sticks, then he and Ferkser could be nasty in terms of continuing to keep drives alive. But is he a pure – and Corey Davis wasn't exactly a speedster either. I think Josh Reynolds would like to be the guy that replaces Corey. Yeah. Because that makes him 1B to A.J. Brown's 1A. But I tend to think whoever they're going to draft might be more likely to step into that role, and Reynolds is going to be a great number three. The thing about it, though, is when he was in L.A., when Robert Woods went down, I think a little bit of Cooper Cup also, his reps went up, and he yes. capitalized on him, which is what you want. As you said, in this role, they brought him in as a veteran that's got time in his league that know how to play the game. Getting him in his offense and learning is going to be the biggest, best thing for him because you get an opportunity that Todd Downing can keep this gravy train going. If Todd is smart, he does what um, he does what Bruce Arians had to when Todd Haley got it. Keep as much as you can the same and add your twists and turns to this offense and let it flow. As long as you got Tannehill, as long as you got Derrick Henry, as long as you got AJ, Lawan. Sappho, Dennis Kelly, just name off the guys that you got. Do not, and I repeat, Todd, if you are listening, do not mess this up by giving these guys something they don't want. True enough, you have an offense that was um, what fostered by somebody else. He's now in Atlanta. Guess what? You can still continue on with this offense until those guys are either phased out or it just don't work for you anymore. Again, incorporating Josh Reynolds in this is going to be huge because now it's on you to find a role. Arthur's out of town now. This is your show. Continue this on. It's going to be really interesting to see what he does with this. Tony, up next on the program. Tony, go right ahead, brother. Yeah, my my question is about the the pick for the Niners. You know, with the NFC West being so tough, Mm -hmm. I really think they should go for a mobile quarterback with Fields or Lance because that's really what that division's all about. Well, yeah. I mean, I think you're technically right. We've gotten past the statuesque quarterback era, but Kyle Shanahan took Matt Ryan to the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan, not exactly a mobile guy in terms of what you expect from him. That's what they apparently see in Mac Jones is another Matt Ryan. I don't disagree with you because I think if you have a you have to have a guy that can make plays and can escape as well. I yeah. just can't believe they've gone up to three to get Mac Jones. I, I can't believe that. Um, okay. Daniel Jeremiah moved the sticks, Moan. Yeah. Somebody asked him a question. This is 
Here we go, man. Lion season. <laughs> lion. Hashtag season of lies. Lion the end. This guy says, I'm interested what has changed since the last big board. Is it watching more tape, pro days, a combination? It just feels like their body of work's already been out there. How much can rankings possibly change right now? Because yeah. Daniel Jeremiah's just completely shifted, right? Yeah. They got a guard from uh, Wisconsin Whitewater that you say you like a lot. I do like him. As well. Yeah. So Jeremiah says, I need to get 400 players watched for the draft. You make sure you have base layer done before circling back and digging deeper, watching more on specific players. Then you add in official measurements from pro day and background info. That's how you get movement on ranking list. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Why the hell have we gotten a list then? Why did you put a list out knowing you were going to go do this? Except C-O-N-T-E-N-T. Thirsty for content. Yep. That's what I was spelling. Hear me spell it out. Season of Lies and Thirsty for Content. Content. Again, as to your point, and I, I didn't really realize it until after you just read that through, but you've been saying for about two weeks now, none of these mocks matter until the last one. Nobody is going to hold Daniel Jeremiah it, accountable for anything he's done to this point. You know Nothing. what? I, we see it time and time again when we're watching the networks on draft day. Soon as the surprise pit come in, you see Mache, you see Kuiper. Yeah, fumbling their papers like, what? We got? Do we have film on this guy? Yeah, like, dog, you lied to us all this offseason. You should have known this guy was going to go go number three or top ten. Tony, like, man, season of lies is a real thing. Again, there is no accountability. It's real season. easy to go spit a bunch of hot takes when you're never held accountable for them. Last night, I said Alabama was going to win in overtime because I think if you looked at it historically, the team that makes that shot at the end probably goes on to win. Yeah. A vast majority of those games. They didn't. Nope. UCLA blew them out. So somebody's like, you get paid for these? And my response was, yeah, I get paid for a lot of takes. It's a great job. It's an even better job when you're never held accountable when you're wrong. So I've always wanted as a show to have somebody that would keep us accountable and actually have tick marks whenever Facts. we make predictions to be right and wrong. Facts. Because that's something nobody in this industry does is actually admit mistakes. Nah, the demerit's about as close as we've got. We're getting closer. That's demerit. True. And also, I'm going to say it. Eight and two. I mean, you were almost right. They almost lost eight games. You were really close. It's just like Ramon always likes to say 14 to 37, which drives me nuts. It's 37 to 14. Yeah. Same thing. He's just saying it in reverse. That's what he meant I mean, the whole time. Or when people tell you Knoxville is actually down south. Yeah, that's right. Is, when I say no, down in Knoxville, and they're like, it's over in it's Knoxville. Over Knoxville. Yeah. Oh, you know the amount of calls I've had to deal with that crap. Oh, God. It's not a schooner. Or, it's a sailboat. Or <laughs> let's talk sports. No, I want to talk Nintendo today. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Cousin Spencer says, so sad about the golf tourney getting canceled. I was going to bring J-Mart Radio some OG Reese's and remind them that they are the best. I will put you into protocol with one of those off the side of your dome on April the 9th. I promise you. I got a Mac Jones arm. You're going three in the draft. You'll be protected. I promise you, okay? Watch yourself. J. Martin Ramon, fourth hour coming up next here on The Zone.